0: Hi, this is Andrea Gentle and today we'll be mapping culinary mushrooms on the 15-Minute Matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix special nutrition therapy series, where we're going to dive into the approaches, practices, dietary theories, and healing foods that have been used in the most successful practices across the globe and throughout history. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist, and your host. The 15 Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite sized insights and lessons which highlight the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition, and that's the functional matrix the Functional Nutrition Matrix reminds us of three very important factors in our clinical care. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Andrea Gentle. Andrea Gentle is an award-winning food and travel photographer. Over the span of her 30-year career, she has photographed the world's leading chefs and culinary pioneers. Best known for her signature light and detailed compositions, Gentle tells a distinct story, entirely her own, through her images. It is from that perspective, as well as through extensive global travel, that she writes, cooks, and creates. Gentle works in collaboration with her husband and partner, Martin Hiers. Cooking with Mushrooms, a Fungi Lover's Guide to the World's Most Versatile, Flavorful, and Health-Boosting Ingredients is her first cookbook. You can find a link to it in the show notes. Andrea, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm so excited to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me to the show. Andrea, as I shared with you, I'm obsessed with your book, Cooking with Mushrooms. And I don't actually get the chance on the podcast to dive into the culinary aspect of things. And I'm hoping we can do that today. And I'm wondering if you can start us off by explaining what culinary mushrooms are, maybe even as opposed to medicinal mushrooms. Sure. So culinary mushrooms are mushrooms that we eat.
0: Not all mushrooms that are edible are actually good to eat. Some might have a very bitter taste or a sour taste. So culinary mushrooms are mushrooms with a pleasant taste, ones that we like to cook with and that have no toxic or poisonous side effects. That's first and foremost. Medicinal mushrooms cross over into culinary mushrooms. All mushrooms have medicinal properties of one sort or another. Mushrooms and fungi in general have a lot of beta-glucans. They are full of like vitamins and minerals. Vitamin D is one that is a huge one for mushrooms grown under ultraviolet light or sunlight. And actually, if you take your mushrooms that you might buy from the farmer's market, which could be wild or could be cultivated, and you put them in the sunlight, they're going to absorb vitamin D, and then they're going to retain that when you cook it. So it's like an extra boost. So I think the crossover with culinary and medicinal, it's super fluid.
1: I love how you're talking about that. And it leads to other questions I have. And I don't know if you know this, but I live in the Pacific Northwest, so we're mushroom friendly. There's so many mushrooms. I go to the farmer's market and I can find so many varieties. And I'm wondering if you can speak into some of your favorite varieties of culinary mushrooms.
0: Yes. I mean, I love all mushrooms, but this book was sort of directed at the cultivated mushroom boom that was happening. While I love to forage And I love to go out into the woods and find wild mushrooms. A lot of the mushrooms that I collect in the wild are now being cultivated. So they are more accessible now than ever before to the general population, where some of these mushrooms might have been considered gourmet at one time. So... I love take or hen of the woods. It's one of my favorite mushrooms. It has such a beautiful earthy flavor. It's a little bit nutty, and it's so frilly. It looks like a pluffed-up chicken. I just love it. I love oyster mushrooms, whether I'm finding them in the wild or cultivated oyster mushrooms. I think they're sort of underrated, and they could really be one that people are eating a lot more of. I love reishi and chaga. And those are really more for their medicinal properties. I use those more in broths. Some of those beta glucans that I was talking about earlier are only soluble via water, where some properties that mushrooms have are maybe more soluble in alcohol. So if you make like a tincture from your mushrooms, which I don't have in the book, but something that I personally do a lot with different mushrooms that I collect, you could do a alcohol tincture where you're soaking the mushrooms for about a month, chopped up into alcohol, and then you could double extract, where then you take the organic matter in a certain amount of water and very slowly boil it down. And then you're adding that water back to the tincture, the alcohol tincture, and then you have this double extraction. And then you've got the mushrooms that are soluble via alcohol, but also mushrooms that are soluble via water. So that's a great way to get your mushrooms and your medicine. One thing... I really believe in like eating whole foods and why not eat your foods that are your medicine? So, you know, all the colors of the rainbow, but with mushrooms, it's really just about eating them as a whole food. I mean, that's something people can do and it's so easy.
1: I love how you're talking about this, Andrea, and you know, the reishi and the chaga, those are mushrooms we're seeing more in culinary medicinal products, even like hot chocolates and coffees and things to add to coffees. And I love how you're speaking about making our own and also adding these to broth. And you were talking about the wild versus the cultivated and the wild and the foraged being in the same category. I'm wondering if you could dive into that a little bit more as well as we're talking about these different mushrooms. Sure. I mean, the wild mushrooms, obviously, there's a
0: much broader array of mushrooms than you're going to find in the wild. Some mushrooms are mycorrhizal and they are not able to be cultivated. Some mushrooms have this sort of symbiotic relationship with their surroundings and the plants that they grow with or the trees that they grow with. And for that reason, it's really hard to cultivate them you would have to make you know a forest so a lot of the mushrooms that we're seeing now in the farmers markets at whole foods in the grocery stores that are cultivated they were once just you know found in the wild but now we have varieties like oyster
1: shiitake maitake all of these mushrooms Yeah, just the process, I guess it's like foraging out in the wild versus something that's happening in, is that like a greenhouse environment when we're talking about the cultivation? So cultivation can happen in many forms. You could
0: inoculate logs and have mushrooms growing outside. You don't have to have this sort of sterile greenhouse kind of environment, There are many ways to do it, but when they're grown in a larger scale, they're often grown in a very sterile room. They've been grown in containers. They've been grown in those sort of Quonset huts, like any kind of environment that can be sort of closed off and extremely sterile where they have this good air circulation and then they've missed them. Usually, they're grown on blocks or some sort of substrate, and that substrate could be Wood, often a byproduct from the logging industry. It could be grains. It could be something like coffee grounds. I mean, there are many different things that mushrooms can be grown on. So the substrate is inoculated with the mycelium and then that sort of takes over. And then from that comes the fruiting body or the sporing body, as people are liking to, you know, refer to it these days because it's a much more fungal forward kind of way of speaking about mushrooms, fruiting body really comes from the plant kingdom. It's something like an apple. And so now we know that mushrooms are not part of the plant kingdom, which still some people don't realize that. They're really, they're not a plant. They're not a vegetable. They're their own unique thing that belongs to their own kingdom.
1: It's so cool. It's so interesting. When we're eating them, we're talking about fresh mushrooms. There's also dried mushrooms, powdered mushrooms, as you said, tinctured mushrooms. Can you talk into the differences with using those from a culinary perspective? And, you know, feel free to share some of your own favorite ways to use those different forms of the mushroom. So, with cooking mushrooms,
0: the best way to really get the tastes of the mushrooms and to learn the taste of the mushrooms is to really just cook a small amount. Maybe go to the farmer's market, buy a little bit of each mushroom, take them home, and just simply cook them. And when I say simply, that's just maybe dry sautéing them with no extra oils or butters or anything like that no extra fat so that you can really get the flavor of the mushroom you can understand its profile and then you can understand what to pair it with mushrooms have so many different flavors not all mushrooms taste the same which is something that people don't realize so some are nutty some are fruity some are super earthy some have a more buttery profile some are very oceanic kind of salty and briny so Understanding the flavor profiles is really key in figuring out how to cook them and what to pair them with. Cooking mushrooms is really simple. You just cook mushrooms in the way you would cook any of your favorite foods. You can poach them, you can boil them, you can saute them, you can dry saute, you can roast, you can grill. You're really treating them as you would any food that you might cook. People talk about mushrooms being an amazing meat replacer And one of the reasons is that they can really take a lot of high heat. They really hold their structure. They don't break down in the way that a vegetable might break down. If you really cooked it for a long time and gave it a lot of heat, it might dissolve. Mushrooms don't do that. They're like getting rid of that extra moisture. They're like 90% or more water. So they're letting that moisture go. And they're just getting like more and more umami and juicy and getting a nice crust depending on how you're cooking it. You know, they're sort of fibrous like a meat. So they give you that same kind of mouthfeel if that's what you're looking for.
1: And then if we go to the dried mushrooms, are those things that we're reconstituting and putting in liquid-based meals? How do you use the dried versions of the mushrooms? Well, I personally love
0: dehydrating mushrooms. I feel like it really concentrates the flavor. And I just take my fresh mushrooms that I've either gotten in the wild or from the farmer's market, and I gently tear them into strands, and I put them in my dehydrator for a few hours or on the lowest temperature in my oven. And then you want them to be really cracker dry. At that point, you can store them. And then you could use them by reconstituting them. And then you want to use that broth or the water that you've reconstituted for whatever you're cooking. Or you can powder them. You just put them in a spice grinder a small amount at a time and just buzz them to a fine powder. The fine powder really lends itself to drinks like, you know, like a latte or a tea. The powders are really nice mixed with chocolates. And different kinds of sweets, they take really well to super umami flavors like molasses or jaggery or a dark brown sugar. You know, this sort of umaminess of mushroom loves other umami flavors. And I think that's why some of the powders pair really well with miso or soy or umaboshi, those kinds of things. So I like to use the powders to layer in flavor. And I like to mix them with other umami flavors, you know, even like preserved lemons.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Is there anything we should be thinking about with, I'm going to ask both buying and cleaning mushrooms that are fresh? Yes. So when you buy mushrooms,
0: you want to make sure that it's really firm and it's not slimy and it doesn't smell bad. You want to treat buying mushrooms the same way you do when you go to the farmer's market and you're looking for like Beautiful fruit and beautiful vegetables. You know, you don't want it to be bruised. You don't want it to be mushy. You want them to really have that firmness. And then, as far as cleaning mushrooms, that's a super polarizing topic. (laughs) Um, Some people love to plunge their mushrooms in a quick bath, but I prefer to just clean mushrooms with sort of a damp towel, paper towel, something like that, and a little brush. I never really soak my mushrooms unless it's something that I've foraged that might have a lot of nooks and crannies, like some kind of cauliflower mushroom or something like that. In that case, then I might give it a quick dunk, but then I would definitely cook it right away. I would never refrigerate it where it might just then kind of get mushy. The best way to store mushrooms is in paper. Mushrooms do not like plastic, and this is one of the reasons why People have such bad experiences with supermarket mushrooms. They're generally in styrofoam under plastic where then they can't breathe. And mushrooms, much like humans, like to breathe. So storing them in paper gives them that chance and keeps them fresher longer. So you just can put them in the paper in your refrigerator, and they should last up to a week or more. If they do start to dry out, then just use them for something you know, the the same way you would use a dried mushroom, make a broth. They get immediately plumped up with water, but they're just bringing all of their flavor into the liquid. So I never throw away mushrooms that have dried out. And the refrigerator can be a very dry kind of environment. So sometimes they do if you forget about them, but I always use them. I never waste.
1: I'm feeling so inspired and I love that you talked about eating your medicine and you mentioned the beta-glucans. Mushrooms are so good for our immune system. In fact, that was my first introduction over 20 years ago when my husband was going through his brain tumor treatment, my late husband, that we were introduced to culinary medicinal mushrooms by one of his Chinese practitioners. And since then, I've just loved exploring and experimenting You asked me which recipes I've tried. I've definitely worked with the miso and layering in that umami flavor. I also love getting fresh meitake mushrooms. And I think it was part of a recipe, Andrea, but I then continued to do it. It's just kind of roasting them almost like flakes. They become like crumbles with a little bit of olive oil and sea salt. Delicious. I could sprinkle that on top of everything every day. And there's just so much to experiment with in the book. So, knowing that you're speaking to practitioners right now, is there anything else you wish we knew about culinary mushrooms that we could be sharing with our clients and patients?
0: Sure. I mean, I think one of the easiest ways to get your medicine from these mushrooms is to make a broth. It's almost like a tea, really. So what I like to do is take, say, lion's mane, which has lots of great properties. And I just, again, like it shreds really easily. It tears apart really easily. I don't generally cut the mushrooms when I'm making a broth like that. I just tear them apart so they get more surface area to release all their goodness into the broth. And then I just cook it super slowly and then once I have cooked it down for the amount of time that I cook the broth, I then let it just cool, come to room temperature. And the lion's mane broth is so simple. It has no salt, no other flavorings, but it's so buttery and delicious and mushroomy. It's so good for you. And then you can have it iced. You can drink it as a tea. You can just drink it all day long. So I think broths and stocks are a great Way for people to kind of get that medicinal introduction to mushrooms.
1: Brilliant. Andrea, I'm so excited to experiment more with the book. We'll link it in the show notes. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. The 15 Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio and special thanks go out to Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, Sandra Brower, Evan Hollingsworth, Heidi Kaufman lakowitz and Rowan Bradley for their support making the 15 Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed Functional Nutrition Matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10 month emerging course where you'll learn the systems based approach to addressing the root causes of your client's issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.